Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Heels in a Face Wrestling Podcast. The man to my left has joined us before, but now he's in person. Steve from Warrior Wrestling, what is going on, man? Gentlemen, it is a pleasure to be here in the lush studios of Two Heels in a Face <laughs> with its skyline view and incredible modern furniture and architecture. This is, you guys are living the dream. Yeah, well, thank Chris because he Inspirational pays the bills. quotes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the success got chopped off. It just says S-U-C-C. I was wondering Suck. if it was supposed to be funny because it's a <laughs> uh, But yeah, you're joining us. We're going to talk about Warrior Wrestling 4. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. We got mm-hmm. Modellos on hand. We got Modellos. Oh, there's there's the crack. There it is. Ooh. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, gentlemen. And I wanted to, I wanted to just start rolling, uh, but we can make the conversation really casual. Because you told a really funny story about um, a match that that we missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so War Wrestling 4 took place on March 15th, and we're just going to break down the card and the results, and then uh, we can talk about how they lead into War Wrestling 5, which you yes. have already announced. Yes. Um, that, bold, I guess, bold move. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen that before. Yeah, What's why the... Just curio- out of curiosity. Sure. Uh, why... Do why promote it this way? We're announcing before like the show ends. Sure. So the goal mm-hmm. was to do that in three for four as well, but there was a whole bunch of stuff we hadn't nailed down yet. So okay. we, we've wanted to do that since Warrior Three, and the thought is what we're trying to do is have a somewhat more episodic presentation of indie wrestling. So it, we still have matches that are kind of indie wrestling matches, but there's some stuff when we laid out the year. And I think we talked about this before. You know, uh, my right hand man Eric and I kind of view the school year as like a TV season, mm-hmm. or like a, a series season. So from September to May, that's the season of, of the series. And so we had four shows this year: September, January, March, and May. And our hope is that going forward, that'll be basically the pattern: do four shows a year. Okay. And yeah, and the thought being that if we plant some seeds early, we pay them off later or build on them later. And so, as I said, we wanted to do this for three, didn't really have the chance because a lot of things weren't nailed down with travel and talent and stuff. But with four, we knew very clearly where we wanted to go with five. And in fact, we built five before we booked any of the finishes of four because we knew, all right, that's going to be the season finale. Hmm. Where do we want to go? Like booking backwards from WrestleMania, obviously to a much, much lesser extent. But where do we want to go at five? Mm -hmm. What do we need to do at four to get there? Okay. And so that's why at four, once we had gotten there and once all the things that had needed to lead up to it happened, happened, we just announced, hey, we're coming back. These are the matches. Nice. And then so the plant the seed early, does that now then you have two months to tell that to tell the story leading up to it online, right? So is that yep. where a lot of the storytelling digital stories and then us yeah. or like whoever you talk to in between then? Well, hopefully, yeah. So so on the in podcasts and stuff, we can mm-hmm. kind of tell the story f- from a promoter standpoint. But Rob Malinowski, who's the video guy mm-hmm. for us and also works for AW and some freelance stuff, he's amazing. Yes, Rob was backstage just grabbing oh, okay. everything with video cameras. Okay, and so hopefully we we did a lot of backstage videos after three mm-hmm. there were just like little clips of things like tessa getting suspended kylie finding out she's facing brit yeah uh, right. pillman confronting ego and frank we want to do a lot more of that in the next month or so coming out of four to promote five cool. so, so hopefully and then we'll put it all together in a package like we did before the ego and pillman match and now we won't have a package for every match we might play some of them before the show might play some in intermission but the hope is that of at least the five big matches, there's a reason for this match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can watch like a two minute video that you're like, oh, all right. So at Warrior Wrestling 2 in September, you know, Sam Adonis came out after Pat Monix's match and just beat the snot out of him and cut a promo. Pat didn't like that, came back and attacked Adonis later. They had a Lucha's match at three. At four, Monix came out when he wasn't booked and distracted Adonis, and Adonis lost to LA Park, his first loss in Warrior Wrestling. So now that kind of builds to. They're going to have a one-on-one showdown at five. And hopefully yeah. we can put all that in a package together so that a, a family that just walks in and doesn't know these guys can watch a two-minute video package and go, oh, got it. I'm prepared for this match. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed that. And I think you mentioned that it was at the uh, the Ego versus... Um, Pillman? Pillman. Pillman, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that promo was showing up on the screen and it's like, oh, that's cool. They're telling the story and then we're going to jump right into the match. Because mm-hmm. it did happen right before the yeah. match, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was a nice little touch there, mm-hmm. um, and I was honestly a little worried. I didn't see uh, Rob, but good to to know that he was backstage doing his thing. Yes, he's, 
He's he great. caught a lot of interesting stuff backstage. I will <laughs> say that. Yeah. That will, I will tease you with that, and it will come out over the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Uh, yeah. How do you feel the video board went? So for the first half of the show, it was great. And then the second half of the show, um, so what we think happened now, okay. um, the video board and the sound system are separate systems, and they're paired via Bluetooth. So what we think happened was when we played music in intermission, the sound system would recognize the music and its source, and it stopped recognizing and pairing with the video board. Mm-hmm. So they rebooted the video board, they rebooted the computers, they rebooted everything during the course of the second act. Um, and then, But the sound system still wasn't recognizing the video board anymore. It was just trying to pair with other things. Um, it was awesome for the first half of the show. Yeah. And then second half of the show, for those that, that don't know who weren't there, it, the sound just died. So it just it wasn't playing the sound. It was interesting. Leading into this show, too, we, we thought... All right, this is going to be so easy. We're going to program all the sound into the video board so we don't have to do video and sound and this and that. We just play the video and all the sound will come out of all the speakers. It'll be great. Uh-huh. Except when the video board doesn't pair with the sound system. <laughs> so That's um, the bottleneck. Yeah. So um, the first half of the show, I thought it looked like a million bucks. I yeah. thought there were some things where it was just really, really cool. You know, uh, and, and our video guy, Michael Cassidy, shout out to him. He's, he teaches video production at Marion. He's our video teacher mm-hmm. guy. Cool. Uh, he made all those videos. So like Sammy Guevara's, you know, Panda Bears video and DJ Z's yeah, yeah, yeah. club video and Kylie Ray's Pokemon mm-hmm. video. First of all, it looked like a million bucks. And oh my God, the pop when she came out was just unbelievable. So... Yeah, I think the first half of the show, the video board went really well. It was really cool, <laughs> and then it stopped working. I think it was still yeah. The second half was a little rough, but I think still it, it hit it out of the park in in terms of like presentation and it, exactly the videos he said. It was more than just the highlights of them. Yeah, like it was like part of their character was weaved in. Like, yeah. yeah, there was a panda bear balloon. There was like. I think there was some Pokemon like graphics. Oh, or, like, some all some Thunderbolts, yep. some shocks, things like yeah. that. So. It was more than them just doing a, a crap ton of moves. Yeah, and our, our video guy, Michael. So he, he not only did all these you know, uh, animations programmed whatever the interests or the style that character was, he took footage from Warrior 2 and 3 and 1 and wove it into, basically made them a custom Titan Tron with only yeah. Warrior action Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. It's insane. Custom, right. They could take that to, I don't know, yeah, they could they use to. that any, like other, other yeah. places need that. Yes, that type of production yeah when i was watching that i'm like i would love to be in this class like just think about that like you have a project for the next wrestling show this is your wrestler do the research you need to do to make sure you build a custom video that fits i'm like that's the dream yeah yeah oh go ahead i was gonna say it's pretty darn cool one thing i can share now because it didn't happen because of the darn flub but uh the video that we released on twitter on saturday uh from tessa blanchard was supposed to have interrupted Jordan Grace's post-match celebration. Okay. So Jordan would have been celebrating in the ring to her music, crazy, like, technical difficulties, like, Mm -hmm. all-colored screen, whatever, diamonds all over the screen, the music hits, and then it fades into Tessa's video. It was going to be awesome. It was going to be absolutely amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And the damn board broke down. So as we did, we just released it on Twitter yesterday and said, you know, we received this video from Tessa Blanchard after Jordan's victory and yada, yada, yada. But it would have been so cool. (laughs) Cool. And then Steve, I mean, you, you had a couple appearances during the show. You had to come out and then announce, like, the Tessa and Jordan match, which got a loud pop. Oh, my God. When I said the words mm-hmm. Tessa Blanchard, and it, so real quick, my buddy's dad, who was at the show, comes to all of our shows, knows nothing about wrestling. Okay. But he, he loves us and wants to support us, right? And he had, is asking this show, like, where's Tessa Blanchard? Whereas, oh. And he doesn't know her from anywhere else other than <laughs> oh, our show. Yeah. And he was so happy when I said Tessa Blanchard was coming back. So nice. that got a huge pop. Yeah, my girlfriend's dad, who grew up watching AWA and going to wrestling locally, yeah. he would talk about a seven-match bill with the last match being a loser-leaves-town match, and mm-hmm. that, then the, the heel would lose and go to the next territory. Yep. Like, that's his type of wrestling. Every show mm-hmm. I go to. Totally Blanch- is Tully Blanchard's daughter wrestling? In this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every single one. Tully Blanchard's daughter? That's like the... Because uh, uh, he'll ask me, he was like, who's on the card? I was like... Well, I could name like eight people, but you don't know any of them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the one person you do know is Tessa Blanchard because you know Tully. So yeah. that's the one he always gravitates towards. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was cool too that Val Capone had a student shadow her. Yes. 
Yeah. Do you know, do you have you got any feedback or how that turned out or something? She was thrilled. So the only that she had her was Taylor Trojan. Taylor's one of the sweetest kids in the world and she works on our video production team and she hosts the news show at the school and Mm. she was just so happy to shadow Val. She's a real sweet kid to begin with. And um, Val was happy to have her and and wants to make connections for her. And we tried to do that more this show. So we had, we've used kids for video stuff in the past, but I also had a couple kids shadowing me to help. And we just, we wanted to work kids more into the behind the scenes stuff to give them some experience, but also, excuse me, so that, you know, the wrestlers and the crew meet some of the kids and get to see like, oh, this is what the whole thing is for. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I saw some, uh, uh, I, yeah, because you had this time you had uh, kids around the ring doing the video stuff, uh, even some like it seemed like social media stuff. Yep. Right. So yeah, the involvement always with with the kids. I'm like I'm like if I was at that high school during high school, like that would be <laughs> great. You know, like that's awesome. I forgot someone said uh, someone said that you were. You were very admit, uh, and not in a not not in a bad way too. But someone was like, "Yeah, I usually like hear Steve on your podcast, and he's like a fun, happy-go-lucky guy." But uh, I caught him like in the moment at one of these shows. Yeah, and you're dressed like how you dress like a principal. Yeah, and, I, and you <laughs> was just like, "Oh, I was like intimidated by him because you were just in the zone, like do this, <laughs> do that, do this, do that." Dude, it is like air traffic control. There are so <laughs> many things going on in a show. Oh sure, and you just it is just game face. We've got this fire to put out this, and this show particularly. So this show was the most stressful, hectic, chaotic show, probably more so than show one. And I, sh- I probably saw the least of any show would have either been show one or show four because everything we said to the audience was legit. Like LA Park's flight was delayed seven and a half hours. And then he spent two yeah. hours in customs and we rebooked the order of matches 20 minutes before we went wow. on for the show. I mean, mm-hmm. that was not a, you know, well, that was mm-hmm. not a work. That was the, the reality. Yeah. Um, Half of the interview stuff that you saw wasn't laid out in the run sheet. It just kind of happened or people wanted to do stuff. And so I was not supposed to make appearance after appearance after (laughs) appearance. Um, And we had technical difficulties and we had, you know, so it was, it was hectic and crazy, but yeah, no, when it, when it's show day, I'm the commander, man. Like you have to just like, Hey, we need, you gotta gotta be the captain, right? Yeah. Uh Not, not the captain. Aries is the captain, (laughs) but, um, you know, I will come back from from behind the curtains back to the, where the wrestlers hang out. I'm like, we need this person, this person, this person. They have three minutes. Get them lined up. And Eric's like, we got them. I was like, I'm just checking. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, the worst thing in the world is dead air. And so you just want everything in line. Right. So it's crazy. Yeah. That's all. So sorry if I intimidated whoever that was. <laughs> I didn't even remember who it was, but they said it in like a funny way. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. Dead air. I don't even like our podcast to have dead, dead air. Chris knows I'm a stickler about that. We cut out like well, I mean, a lot the, of the, yeah, I have to go back and edit. And you <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, I should yeah. say we. I should say Chris <laughs> yes. Back and edit. Char- Charlie stutters a lot and is like, you know, you get, get rid of that. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm going to say a lot of crazy things then. <laughs> go for it. Um, did you have any? I just we could get into matches, or did you have? Yeah, let's you let's jump into matches. I mean, I just uh, I want to point out that mm-hmm. uh, well, I want want to ask Stone Cold ET. <laughs> yeah, oh, so man. he's been at all pretty much all of the World Wrestling, yes. and this time we had to share we, we shared uh, electric uh, extension cord with him. Oh God, um, with his little amplifier thing. <laughs> whatever. I don't even know why they use the electricity for, but they had. Uh, Reese's Pieces, White Castle, and a guitar and a boombox. And yeah, and all we did was Charlie's like, man, I could have some of those Reese's Pieces. And I'm like, hey, Stone Cold ET, come on over. And from then on, we had uh, Rich Swan playing the guitar. That picture you put up of Rich Swan playing mm -hmm. the guitar while Stone Cold ET sings. I saw that in my and heart we have the audio, sizes. so we'll put you the audio. You have the audio. Yeah. We have the yeah. audio. <laughs> have you listened to it back? I have not listened heart. to it yet. It's oh probably awful audio, to be honest. Oh yeah, I'm sure. We need to at least. Put I try to do some control of the volumes, but you know, you just can't control Stone Cold ET's voice. Oh my God, man, what a trip! He kept picking on Hornswoggle too. He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> really? yeah. yeah, that was his thing. It's the all... whole time he just talked about beating up Hornswoggle and the and the song that was playing was the Austin theme song. It was like dun 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 dun, <laughs> and then he would say something, and then it would just like repeat like that. My God. Mm-hmm. What a, you know, I still go back to, and I think I've told you guys this story on the podcast before. The first show last May, Brian Cage comes up to me backstage and he goes, this is so cool. How did you book Stone Cold E.T.? And I go, we didn't book Stone Cold <laughs> E.T. He just showed up. Oh, the first show? He yes. was there? He just showed up off the street. That's streets. right. He didn't have it. He was just, he did was he part of, he was table? just walking around in the fan no. fest. No. I think he must have had a ticket. No one knew who he was. <laughs> 
And we were like, that's not the real guy. And then he talked. And we're like, oh, my God, that's the real guy. Holy yeah. crap. Mm-hmm. And so then at three, he recorded some stuff on the stage at some point with none of our knowledge. And then he cut a, he released his own promo video that he's coming to four. And we were like, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's coming back, I guess. And I, I wish I wasn't so crazy busy because I would want to just sit in FanFest and watch all that he does. Uh-huh. I know backstage he recorded a variety of segments with a lot of the wrestlers. Okay, good. And they just released today something with him stealing Congo Kong's popcorn. Did you see this? <laughs> no, no, I'm not I didn't. It. I don't know if he put it on social media or Congo Kong did, but it's in the kitchen of the school, and Stone Cold ET's <laughs> walking around like talking about the kitchen, and then they run into Congo Kong, who's eating popcorn in full Congo Kong garb, <laughs> and then Stone Cold ET takes his popcorn and flicks him off, and then Congo Kong breaks his middle fingers. Awesome. And then it cuts to Stone Cold ET on a couch with ice on his middle fingers with a cat in his lap. Where did the cat come from? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, this is like. Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I just strange. wanted to know what the story was behind that because, yeah, he, he showed up with the table and everything and, like, he was doing his thing, like, always walking around. I, I, He's Sammy sort Callahan, of Virgilian, yeah. OVE just, like, popped up and he's like, I want to take a picture with you. And, yeah. like, all these wrestlers will walk by and get a selfie with Stone Cold E.T. Well, you know those, the stories with Virgil, the lonely Virgil? Where no, we, we just show up he would there. just show up to conventions with a table and not be booked? That's how like he got like his like his like post. That's like his reputation now. Really, he'll just like he like I don't know if he doesn't now. I think he's gotten bookings because of it. Mm-hmm. Like I know, like I think last year's Janela Spring Break had him on it because of like those stories sure. of Virgil showing up, sure, just with a table. So oh he kind of Virgil Virgiled you a couple times. He did, and, and he's more than welcome. And Virgil, if you're listening, you are welcome to the <laughs> uh, Did you get my text during the show? I got it later. I forgot what it was, but yeah. It was about booking Dennis Rodman. Yes. <laughs> Sorry I didn't respond. It was a crazy no, it's okay. I was like, I'm not, I wouldn't expect you to respond, but I was just like, why did that pop into my head? We were watching the show. It, it, like, it was, was something it Frank ridiculous. Was the Clown thing? Maybe. I think it was Frank the Clown's jacket. Yes. Yeah, yes. it reminded me. I was like, like, damn. Rodman's like, boas in his jacket. And then I was like, Chicago. Like, people would come just to see Dennis Rodman. I don't know where I he is. He's still in North Korea? What's he doing? Yeah, he does have some heat yeah. from that, so maybe not. But it was I just the funniest thought. <laughs> Dennis Rodman, if you and Virgil are listening, you are both welcome at Warrior Wrestling Five. Awesome. All right, I'll leave All it right. to you to make that happen. All right, done. Um, okay, so, scramble. Yeah. Match. Yes. Scramble match. Isaiah Velasquez, Rich Swan, Andrew Everett, Gringo Loco, Bryce Benjamin, Ace Austin. Um. Uh, was it, did this match have uh? Yeah, Ace Austin. Okay, yeah, Ace Austin. he's there. Yeah, cool. he ended up winning the scramble. Um, do you know who Gambit is, my friend? Oh, do I know Gambit? <laughs> do I have ten different Gambit action figures? Maybe. Do you? Yes, I did at uh, one point. They're in my parents' basement. <laughs> okay, great. Um, yeah, I've, obviously his gimmick's based off of that, right? Or Ish. no? Ish. It wasn't originally, okay. and then it's kind of evolved to be Gambit-like. Okay. Yeah. I know the uh, the extend the 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 pogo or the baton out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah the, um, I, I love the fact that the, the the crowd was chanting how he do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, that got a pop. I thought, and I'm not sold on like Ace Austin's finisher, but uh, I thought it was an entertaining scramble match. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? I, I agree. I think yeah. you know, for a guy who's got such an incredible move set, his finisher is a little lackluster. It's basically a running blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, the match I thought was insane. So I had a lot of people at the school who were just there to support and aren't wrestling people. Some of them came up to me midway through the first half and they were backstage just checking on things. And they're like, that first match, oh my God, the athleticism of those guys. And I had only seen like 10% of the match. So I was like, yeah. And I knew it was because who they were. But when I watched it back, it was like, oh my God, this is just bonker sauce. I mean, <laughs> Andrew Everett. And Everett's yeah. knee is bone on bone. Right. He, we were going to be a second to last match. He canceled the, the later one because he's going to get the surgery. Because and he just he told okay. me that you know before the the night started, he's like, you know, hey buddy, like love you guys, love the place. I'm going to leave it all. He's like, my knee's already shot, so if I bust it in this match, I don't care. He's like, I'm just I'm going to leave it all on the line. And he was not kidding. Everett is special, man. Yeah. So between him and Swan and, and uh, Ace and and the freelance guys, they just killed it. Mm-hmm. I thought they really did. Um, yeah, I think there was a good wrestling with the unicorn clips of like Everett basically 
dodging, like doing a lot of apron stuff, like dodging people, flipping, kicking people mm-hmm. in the face off yeah. the apron. He's standing yeah. on the hardest part of the ring, which we know is the hardest of part of the ring. So was Ace. Ace did a few apron cartwheels and kicks. And yeah, things. that was true. Um, so definitely a, a very, very entertaining scramble. The choke slam spot was amazing. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you hate goofy stuff in wrestling, that's the epitome of what you hate. But that spot I actually saw live. I watched all the choke slams, uh-huh. and then I watched him choke slam himself, yeah. and I just doubled over with happiness. I was and like, and that it was, was so good because he started off the match that like trying to choke slam everybody, every yeah. single person. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were sitting with our friend Jeremy Saha, who loves comedy wrestling. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the real Jeremy Saha, the real Jeremy Saha, mm-hmm. and the fact that like so like that choke slam spot was hilarious, and seeing him pop for it made it even better. Yeah, so good. If you so can good. pop the real Jeremy Zaha, your comedy wrestling is it's on point. point. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I think that works. Do do they do you have any opinion on like intensity and then all of a sudden a funny spot in between and then back to intensity? Or do you have anything like like an opinion on? I that? I think it depends just... what match and where in the card. Okay. So I think a f- the first match and WWE did this very well for years. The first match should just be energy to the max, and that can be funny energy. It could be athletic energy. It can be a combination of both. And actually, I think part of that I I get from the old way that PWG used to book. In 2007, 2008, 2009, 2009, PWG used to start every show with like an eight-man tag. It just tore the house down. And Mm -hmm. it had funny spots and crazy spots. Now, on the second night of BOLA, they do a 10-man tag that's the same thing. Crazy action, crazy funny. But they used to start every show that way. And I thought, when I was watching PWG in like 2008, sitting there in the American Legion Hall, I went, this is the perfect way to start a show. Okay. So I think... I didn't think of that at the time that I booked these things, but subconsciously I think it's what I learned from PWG about funny can be mixed with athletic there. Later on, mm-hmm. you want more serious athletics, but funny and athletics are fine in the, in the opener. Cool. Um, so do you think that Isaiah, Pat Monix, and, and Ego are going to raise their booking fee now, now that they're raw superstars? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Very possibly. <laughs> I mean, that's if Ego's jaw isn't broken by Travis Brown. That's right. <laughs> You know that made an ESPN Facebook post? Did it really? Getting yeah. Sucked? Oh That's my pretty God. cool to know that you were on ESPN's yes. Facebook page getting it, hit in the face. Ego texted me all day Monday with teasers about what was coming. And I was there last night, so I, um, I saw it. It was awesome. Cool. Um, yeah, so speaking of, Segway, Frank the Clown and uh, Ego, Robert Anthony, versus Brian Pillman. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what... Uh, got a real funny pop is mm. hair versus clown match. Just, yes, just the phrase, <laughs> just the phrase. We think the phrase is so ridiculous. People, even if you're just scrolling through indie wrestling, whatever, you see hair versus clown, you're like, the hell does that mean? <laughs> so, so what do you think if Brian Pillman? So Brian Pillman beats uh, Robert Anthony. Yes, in Warrior Wrestling Five. He gets ten minutes in the ring. Five minutes. Five minutes. Ten okay. minutes might kill Frank. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think? Is there gonna be? Is that gonna be hair cutting, or do you think that's gonna be like? Five minutes of power bombs, or what do you think? <laughs> that would be amazing, just over and over and over again. That would get everyone getting a successively bigger pop from the crowd. <laughs> um, I don't know. We haven't laid that out if that is ultimately the result, but um, we just think it's intriguing. I mean, so you know, part of wrestling is heat, right? And we've spent since Warrior One. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's funny. People always some people are like you shouldn't book Frank the Clown. He's just a glorified fan. He's not a worker. He's not whatever. It's like the fact that you hate him so much yep. tells me it's exactly what, why yeah. I should book Frank the Clown. Right. And for five for four shows now, we have just made our audience hate Frank the Clown. Even my buddy's dad, who doesn't like wrestling, comes to our shows and knows that he hates Frank the Clown. And so now, He's a litmus test. Yes. <laughs> now at Warrior Five, if the good guy wins, the good guy will beat the crap out of Frank the Clown. Yes. And what a better, you know, can there be a better incentive for the good guy to win than he will beat the crap out mm-hmm. of Frank the Clown? Mm-hmm. So. And remind me, was it one or three when Frank the Clown came out with kind of like bodyguards but there were really there were students right dressed up no those were his buddies oh they were his buddies I want to say that was I thought there were students there might have been two mm-hmm. yeah because at three he came out with Ego in the, in the free for all match okay yeah. so at two he came out with bodyguards for his tag match with Ellsworth against Arquette mm-hmm. and RJ City yes. that's right which is also ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> it's Frank the Clown yeah um, yeah so to recap uh Ego uh, cheated it a little bit, mm-hmm. got a distraction from Frank the, Cro- Frank the Clown. A confetti cannon. Confetti cannon, yes. yes. 
Um, and ended up beating Brian Pillman Jr., which is leading to their match, which is a cage, correct? Or am I saying no, confusing that? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. that's the hair versus no. clown match. Yeah, that's hair versus clown. Sorry, yeah. cage is something else. Yeah. Um, I had uh, a question specifically about Robert Anthony. Sure. Um, he seemed. He seems to me... Chris and I like have been kind of disobserving, and we know that his history goes way back. Sure, before we were at it, Chris and I were going to independent wrestling shows, but he just seems like a really, really everything he does. He could be on any place in the card, and everything he does seems to matter. Yes, um, and he seems like a really, really good veteran locker room presence. Do you get that impression of him? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think so. He was in developmental for WWE about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think he was there with Colt. He would have been there. He would have overlapped with Kenny when Kenny was there wow. in like 07. Um, at the time, developmental was nothing like it was today. Mm-hmm. If he were in, if he were 10 years younger in the NXT system today, he would be a superstar. Okay. The guy gets everything about wrestling. He's built like a star. He looks like a wrestler. Mm-hmm. When you see him walking, you go, that guy, square-jawed, square-shouldered, muscular, cut, looks like a wrestler. Yeah. He wrestles incredibly well. He's a great character. He's a great promo. He gets wrestling. And um, it's really cool to work with a guy like that who's been doing this for like 15, 16, so whatever right. it's been. Yeah. I mean, and he, he knows all the stuff, and he knows how to work with people. And... Um, yeah, I think he's a, he's a presence, for, especially for the younger guys, mm-hmm. uh, for the freelance guys, for some of the guys that want to be on our shows. He is just, he just knows wrestling. You know, it's a shame that he never got a bigger break. And yeah. who knows, he might still. I mean, the world's crazy, right? Yeah. But like, if he if he were called into NXT tomorrow, he would have a great program because he gets how to get over. He gets how to be a heel. His matches are great, and he his moveset is awesome. Yeah. He's he's got really he can wrestle every type of style. And, and, and so that's we really like working with him. He's also got great ideas. So to be honest with you, so you know, breaking kayfabe a little bit, the mm-hmm. a lot of this Pillman feud has been his idea. As he mm-hmm. and I go back and forth on ideas that kick things around, and um, he knows how to pace a feud. He knows what matters, what to do when, what not to do when, and um, he's just a great presence to have. Cool, that's cool. yeah. Is there a remote chance at some point we see? Egotistical, fantastical from Joliet, Mexico City, show up. <laughs> Very possible. You know, I would not put it past if the if the gimmick made sense, or if you were facing a luchador. Or, uh-huh. yeah. uh, I would not put it past uh, ego Robert Anthony to become egotistical, fantastical. Nice. Maybe the next set of four. Yeah. Um, so we predict. So we predicted this uh, to toot our own horns here, but I'm pretty sure, like when we were talking to you for the preview for the show. We had a feeling Wardlow was going over, um, and he was going to be a future face of Warrior Wrestling. That seems to be the case, right? He beats Moose, um, beats him with a sunset flip, so it's not like the most deciding win, yeah. but Moose is hard to beat cleanly because he's such a large a large person. And then mm-hmm. Moose was obviously doing some unfamily-friendly things. But um, that's, a, <laughs> yeah, that's right. a different story. Uh, but yeah, Wardlow. I know I met him. I think I shook his hand too at the war at the fan fest. Yeah, I honestly did not know who he was because he was all dressed up and yeah, everything. He was in his suit, right. nice suit, looking like, like a professional. I say yeah. hi to him, or whatever, and then like a couple minutes later, I'm like, oh shit, that was Wardlow. That was Wardlow. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is. He's a hidden gem talent. Um, DJ Z recommended him okay. a couple months back before three. Um, Britt Baker recommended him. Cool. And he's another guy who, you know, he's, he's younger than, than Ego is, but the guy's got all the tools, right? He's got the look, he's got the size, he can wrestle. I mean, he wrestled moves, so it's two big guys going against big guys, so it's not a lot of fluidity. Wait till you see him against Cage. With the way Cage can move and the way he can move mm-hmm. for big men, it's going to be really, really good. Okay. And so the crowd might not know him yet. So when we announced that one, it didn't get a big pop because I don't think people even associate his name with the guy that they saw earlier. Right. But... They will know him after the match with Cage. Great. This this is a guy where it's like just trust us. Take a, take a gamble. This guy's gonna be a thing. Yeah, that's cool. Absolutely. It, I think the the, more, the thing I like about the most it is it is risky. Mm-hmm. Like it's a risky booking. Um, yep. And I think like if you go to these shows, you can believe in it, and you can believe that Cage can work with mostly anyone. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> but I think it's cool that you're not. You could just rest on your laurels and book Cage versus like. Another Lucha Underground guy, but yeah. I think it's kind of cool that you're taking a risk here. So our, our thought is, is really, you know, we've talked about this backstage with everybody. We 
we've talked on, on the podcast before. I think Brian Cage is the most incredible thing since sliced bread. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, it, it, and some I was I was out to drinks with another buddy Sunday night who was at our show, and he was like, Brian Cage can really do anything. I mean, anything. He's going on and on. I said, I know. That, that's yeah. why. And, and, and he literally he, just proved it with this match. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And not only was he basing for all of the rascals, he had several Hurricane Rana spots, several dive spots. I mean, well, just, we just had him against um, uh, Mexican Luchador. And we had him against Bandito. Bandito, right. We just yeah, saw yeah, him Bandito. Yeah, yeah. Like. So our, our thought is is this is not only, you know, from, from an in-storyline, from a kayfabe standpoint, the promotion is challenging our champion with all these different challenges. But also from a promoter standpoint, we're showing you all the things Cage can do. You mm-hmm. know, he wrestled Eddie before Eddie went hardcore last year in a straight wrestling match that stole Warrior Wrestling 1. Warrior Wrestling 2, he won the War of Attrition match. Warrior Wrestling 3, he wrestled Bandito, the hottest luchador there is. Warrior Wrestling 4, he wrestled all three uh, rascals at once. Warrior Wrestling 5, he's wrestling Wardlow, a power guy. We're going to keep throwing different things at Brian Cage in storyline, we're challenging our champion with different challenges. Yeah. But in reality, we're showing you over and over and over again, this guy can do anything. That's true. All those people you named are completely different. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, and we have ideas. Should Cage prevail at Warrior Wrestling 5? There are a lot of other ideas for... We're not going to repeat anything. It's We're not... Like you said, we're not actually... Oh, well, we did Bandito. Maybe we'll do Flamita this time. Like, yeah. no. We've done a luchador. We're going to do something else. Awesome. Right? That's sweet. I'm, you know, I'm excited to see what's next. I mean, <laughs> Cage keeps bringing it on, and I, I keep saying, Cage in a cage. It's going to come down to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylie versus Britt. Yes. Um, with a Havoc running. Yes. So Havoc that was broke super that interesting, match. yeah. It was a DQ. I think the victory went to Kylie, only because she got attacked first by Havoc. I think technically we have it lab- labeled as a double DQ because she attacked both. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a little bit of a, uh, AEW preview. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kylie, and then which led into them coming out later, yep. which we'll get into. I thought it was cool that Jessica Havoc came in um, because the next night, too, they were wrestling each other. Yep. So I made that connection. And then that's just something that OVE does. So OVE comes out to cut a promo afterwards. Yep. You had a, something thrown at you, I believe, right? Yeah, Sammy hit me with a violent hat shot. <laughs> his baseball cap. Yeah, Hit me right. right in the clavicle. I was like, ow. A violent You're a mean man, shot. Sammy Callahan. Yes. Uh, there was, so it was a succession of stuff. Yes. And then Aries came out and told Sammy to stop stealing everyone's time. So it was, it was Jet Havoc. Uh, telling Kylie and Britt to basically leave with their fists. Yes. You came out, or then OVE came OVE. out, you came out mm-hmm. told them to leave. Then Aries came out and told them to leave as well. I told them to leave after Aries. <laughs> oh, told me right, after Aries, Aries made his okay. entrance. barking at me, and I was like, all right, we're going to, um, and I will, will tell you this, none of the latter half of that was planned. At all. It was okay. just like, we need to get out of this segment now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, I will, it was, it, it felt very like OVE, Sammy Callahan ish. OVE. And, and it was left planned. me always like, is everything okay? I hope they're all right. Yeah. Like, I hope, like. Well, it was like know, that, you know, Impact's been like really trying to blur the line. Everyone tries to, but Impact's been really, really trying to blur the line yeah. with like Aries and stuff. Yes. And then they, or they'll take an accidental bat shot and they'll make it into something mm-hmm. more. So that's what it, this kind of felt like. Yes. So really, but it kind of was. On the spot. I can tell you 100% not working you at all. None of that was on the run sheet. That Aries's match was later in the show. Because when we had to rework, because Parka was still Parka stuck. Because Parka was in there, yeah. yeah. So Parka's match was supposed to be mid-first act. And actually ended up perfectly that it was the start of the second act, which by happenstance, we just fell ass backwards and all these good luck things. Yeah. But once we, we were flipping, and so... We were looking at all different things to flip, and we had cues, and we had times, and we had whatever. But this match is going to go this long, so if we put that there, it doesn't work, and yada, yada, yada. And so we, we switched the Aries-Edwards match to earlier. And then literally backstage, some, you know, was like, oh, God, that means Aries and Callahan are going to cross paths as Sammy's segment is ending and Austin Aries' segment is beginning. And so there were... Without revealing too much, a lot of talks backstage about how that would proceed, and we got what we got, okay. which was did not match what we talked about and how it would proceed, <laughs> um, but we got what we got, and it, I yeah. think, ultimately ended up totally fine. Yeah. Um, everybody's fine. It's all good. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, no, there is. So people are like, oh, they're planning an Aries Sammy. F-. Nope. 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 <laughs> um, but we, it all worked well, and I think it came off. If, if you were unfamiliar with their uh, real-world interactions, you might have wondered what the heck was going on. But for those of us that are wrestling nerds, you're like probably watching that with your heart in your chest, which I was as well. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, the, then the Austin Aries and Eddie Edwards match started. I have a yep. note down here that says drop toe holds and skinny jeans. <laughs> they still wore street fight clothes. They did. To a, to a pure wrestling match. I was surprised at that, but they did, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then Austin Aries ended up getting a DQ with the walking stick. He just can't not cheat. It's just Correct. not in his blood. Yep. Um, the four-star heroes. Yes. Who filled in, right? They did. Because of the because of the what was the what was the switch? The jungle Boy. Right? Jungle Boy was jungle out because uh, right, right. of his father's passing, and that was touch or go until this week. And then um, I reached out to Jack and uh, Perry, and I had to. So obviously everybody understands. Mm-hmm. And then Ethan Page's Ethan daughter Page's got daughter was very sick. very sick. The oh night yes. Before. So Ethan, so you know, I, I'm sitting in a diner in Tinley Park with Eric, and we're we're going through the show at midnight the night before after we just done all of our maybe not midnight maybe it was ten or eleven. We had just done all of our load-in. Sounds better when it's midnight. Let's make yeah, it 2 a.m. It's, it's 2 a.m. <laughs> it's 2 a.m. <laughs> so we had just done all the lighting load-in. We had just done all the bleachers and the chairs and like all the all that we could get done the Thursday night. We yeah. went to get something to eat before we each went our separate ways and went home and went to bed. And we're just going through like, all right, what are we, what are we forgetting for tomorrow? And my phone started blowing up and it was Ethan Page. And Page was so apologetic. He's like, I'm incredibly sorry. I'm in the ER with my daughter. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I guess his wife travels for work and yada and like he's so he's the parent during the week and he mm-hmm. works on the weekends and yada yada yeah. and he said I hate to do this I've only done this like once one other time it was when my other kid was born but like I can't come tomorrow he's like I, I could leave her with a babysitter hoping she's better and I said dude and, and my buddy Eric has his two infant kids and we were both like dude take care of your kid yeah like, it is totally fine yeah. and so he announced and, and he said can I tell people I was like, please tell people on Twitter so he announced that on Twitter and so we had it was supposed to be three on three those two guys were out of the match and we switched it to a triple threat tag four star heroes right. Congo Kong and Hornswoggle the greatest mass differential of any <laughs> tag team ever and the space pirates who are over like the rock at warrior wrestling they are yeah I, they, they are everywhere like they just also got the tag team titles at Black Label Pro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they are killing it. Um, one of the things in that match, I was when I saw um, the four-star heroes, I'm like, they had just debuted, I don't know how long ago, their matching gear. And I'm like, I really hope they wear their matching gear. They didn't, but it was a good point because then they would have looked just like uh, the Space Pirates. Yeah, they both had that so maroonish. The, the maroonish and gold. But Nick's has the purple uh, hair, so he might be like all purple. I think he's all in on the purple. All the yeah, time. Yeah, he's all in on purple for sure. Yeah. And I think the, that's cool. The jacket and everything. The jacket. Like, I saw shoes too. The white boots that you like. He was wearing. I, I, Steve, I have a weird fascination. I think it's so cool when wrestlers will wear another, like any color, but then they just have clean white boots. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's like like Finn Balor's been doing it recently. It's like yeah. red, but yep. then the white boots. Yep. Our, our logo was inspired by the white boots. Our logo was inspired because oh, yeah. Bobby Roode had a takeover <laughs> when he was NXT champion. Wore like maybe black, but the white. I just think and like Knicks wear purple pants, but then the white boots. Yeah, I just think it's like yeah. it, it pops. It just looks like a classy like tuxedo. Yes, almost <laughs> like it looks so cool. Yeah, um, this match had a lot of comedy, which is great. Yep. The Congo, I have the Congo Kong dive, got a huge pop. Oh my god. Um, Notes. Um, I heard then, that pop and I was doing something backstage and I popped out of the curtain because I was like, what just happened? And someone's <laughs> like, the big guy, the big guy just dove. <laughs> and then uh, I had Nick, Matt Nix slipped on a banana peel and got rolled up. Correct. Uh, for the Space Pirates to, to win. Yeah, they're hot everywhere right now. So we went from like not seeing them together at all to seeing a lot of them. But. Yeah. I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, like, you know, Space Monkey's a huge baby face everywhere he goes, yeah. but we've only seen him as a Space Pirate at Warrior Wrestling, right? In the free-for-all, they were separate, so they didn't come out as, so they came out one at a time. And oh, did they? Okay. Together, but they worked together a little bit. Yeah. And I can actually drop some news now on the podcast. We just secured today Uh-oh. Uh, uh, an eighth and likely final match, but, well, there will be some other wrinkles for Warrior 5. The Space Pirates are returning. Versus the Ugly Ducklings. Oh. Nice. Who were at Freelance like two months ago and are just mm-hmm. incredible. Yep. Equally goofy, ridiculous gimmick and incredible wrestlers. So we think that is going to be a blast. 
I think so. And, and I love their manager, too. Yeah, Coach Mike. Coach Mike, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just a fun – everyone's got a Coach Mike sometime in their yep. life, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so Sammy versus DJ Z. Shout out to DJ Z for getting signed, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, we yeah we realized like why is he on the freelance underground card? Oh, it's because he's getting signed. So it's cool to like see him kind of hit different spots kind of before he leaves. Kind of what Kylie's doing to be honest. I just saw yeah she's announced at Bar Wrestling, so she seems to be like making the rounds. I think kind she of just before. got signed to Glory Pro doing some stuff. Did at, she? At the yeah. next show, yeah. Cool. So like for DJ Z, he's uh, I, you know. It's his story to tell, but I, I, mm-hmm. I get the impression from talking to him and, and working with him that he's kind of wrestling all the guys he wants to wrestle in all the places he wants to wrestle. Cool. Oh, so done. it's even like more selective, not even like the place, but this is like, oh, it's so, almost like a bucket list before so you go. So look who he's wrestling in Freelance Underground. Pam Onyx. Pam Onyx. Yeah. Um, he wrestled Sammy Guevara at our show. That was not an accident. That was not just two cool dudes thrown together. There's a lot of talk about what he wanted to do. Okay. And, um, you know... We knew it would be his last go around with us, and we wanted it to be special for him. Cool. And uh, it is also Sammy's last go around with us. Yeah, and right. Oh, likely, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It was likely their last go around together for years, yeah. if not ever. And so that was, um, for both of them, that was something special. And we very much wanted to give them all the time that they wanted right before intermission to go out there and do what they do. Awesome. So, yeah. That's cool. There was one really, really cra- the craziest spot was like DJ Z being stuck between the hardest part of the ring and the ra- and the railing. <laughs> yeah, kind of laying there like a and the, like the running shooting star press. Yeah, running shooting star press off the hardest part of the ring. On yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was brutal. Uh-huh. I had to tag Chris in that on Twitter because I remember Chris <laughs> missed that during the show, and so he got to see it thanks uh, to whoever good. took mm-hmm. the clip in the front row. It was really good. Um, that match as a whole was fantastic. I mean, yeah. It's both both it's these guys, right? Yeah. Both is these this guys. is this show? This show wasn't on high spots. Is this show going to be available for download later? Yeah, it's on high spots. Oh, it is. Oh yeah, they stream live. And it's, oh, they stream live. That's how yeah. I watched it Saturday night. Oh wow! Did I? Why did I not think that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll just yeah. <laughs> just, no high spots are our buddies. We we love you high spots. Yeah, keep coming back. Yeah, just uh, don't even listen to me. Oh, I met them yeah. at the table. They had gotten <laughs> off a long ride. I just yeah. went to the high spots table because there was a comic book. It was larger than an 8x10, like, poster of yeah. Sting. And uh, they are like, yeah, we just got off, like, a 10-hour, or, like, well, they had stayed the night before, but they drove, like, 13 or 10 hours before. Oh, wow. From Carolina. So shout out to the people who drove there. God bless them. For the high spots <laughs> people who drove there at the table. So you talked about L.A. Park versus Adonis before we started recording. Sure. Um, so, yeah, the one, the crazy spot where... So, wait, so this L.A. Park... And Adonis was right after intermission. Correct. So one thing, have you thought about announcing like the show's coming back over the PA system? Um, possibly. So we did a, a warning over the PA system, but the problem is we've got to do another <laughs> over into the other gym. Oh, that's okay. the issue. So like you you would hear it if you were in the main gym or the lobby or the hallways or the bathrooms. You can't but hear not the in other the, gym. Yeah. In the gym. So oh, okay. we, we almost you know got to get somebody to run in there and go. The show's coming back, everybody. <laughs> Well, we Don't, just get yeah. Marco to just run around and tell yeah. us all. <laughs> We're that is definitely it's that's still on us that we keep yeah, missing this match. Sure. <laughs> it's still on us. We're not putting blame anywhere. No, no, no. It's something no. we can add definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. So Monix came out with a chair shot, got his revenge on Adonis. Well, he didn't hit him. He just came out on the stage. Oh, he just came out on the stage. It, yeah, and just distracted him. Okay. And then so Adonis was about to power bomb Laparca through a set of chairs. Oh, that's and how it was. and. Out comes Pat Monix, new gear, new video, new everything. Adonis turns around, sees him, turns back around, gut shot. Laparca power bombs him through the chairs. One, two, three, it's over. Cool. Um, we had a running joke with the real Jeremy Zock because we missed this match. Yeah. And then we went back in. And he's like, "Yeah, Laparca already wrestled," and we didn't believe him. So the whole because he's the comedy we, guy, so he we think oh, he's joking around. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the so, whole night we're like, "Yep, Laparca's maining." Yeah, we're he's like, the no, I can't believe Laparca's maining, man. That's crazy because like we're pretending that he, he didn't wrestle when he yeah. did. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I be, did see a clip there, though maybe. of Laparca beating up the ref. Oh my gosh! So early in the match, Adonis forces the ref, Jeremy. He's like, he holds Laparca. He's like, "You will hit 
LaPark. And he's like, what? And he forces the raft to hit him. Mm-hmm. And then they have Park's belt, and he forces the raft to hit him with the belt, and he forces the raft to do this, and the raft doesn't want to, he doesn't want to. And then later in the match, Park lays out Adonis, and then he turns and looks at the referee. <laughs> <laughs> and then he beats him up a little bit, and he gets him down on all fours. He pulls his ref shirt over his head. How does LaPark end up with a beer? He goes out to the audience. He's like, I need a beer. Cerveza. Cerveza. Uh-huh. And so he gets a beer, and then he pours the beer all down the ref's back. Then he pulls his pants up a little, pours it down his butt, mm. and then he shoves the beer cup <laughs> into his ass crack, which could not have felt good. And so now the poor ref has his shirt over his head, and he's covered in beer, and Park takes his belt. With everything he's got. And up and just the crowd and just slaps him. And you can see the beer fly off his back. <laughs> yeah. You can feel it like a wet slap. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. That poor ref. That That's the beauty of LaPark right there. Yes. Like, that is it. That's <laughs> yes. what he brings to the card. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Absolutely ridiculous. And it was so amazing. You know, so we saw him in MLW the week mm-hmm. before, and he had a death match with Mance Warner that was equally crazy but completely different. Yeah. Every time he wrestles, it's some other ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. And it was purely and wonderfully ridiculous. That's sweet. And because he was obviously a little late, because mm-hmm. uh, not everybody does that, but he went Back at the end of the show, yeah, class. and took that long ass line, yes, of people. Um, I mean, because everybody was like, "Where is the park?" And then uh, I was even asking. Yeah. They were telling me like, "Oh, he's not here yet." They told us he's not here yet. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he was able to take care of so many people right after the show, yeah. and that you guys allowed it was great. Cause yeah. I know they closed off the. They're they're always you know, like, "All right, show's over. Let's let's go." Yeah, we had to talk to our security guys. We're doing what they were supposed to. They're like, "Hey guys, we gotta yeah. go." And then they're telling people we gotta go, and people, no, we wanna wait for him. And then we got a call, and we called security. And we said, "No, no, guys, let him let him meet him." Like this guy was supposed to be here earlier, and, and people came to see him. There, let him see yeah. him. And he signed every autograph and waited with everybody afterwards. And I mean, it had to be a terrible day for him. He was at the airport at five in the morning, and then he got delayed seven and a half hours. And then he was in customs at two hours on our end when he got in. I mean, I would have been grumpy as hell, but he was. Yeah. Super, super accommodating for everybody. That's really cool. And he's a legend. Like, he doesn't yeah. have to do that. Nope. You know, he's not someone trying to make a name for himself. Nope. Um, the next match, uh, Jordan Grace beats Victoria. I don't have a ton of notes for that. My notes, it, it, they get heavy early. And yeah. then I, you could tell, like, as the night goes the, on, as, and as I start drinking, drinking more. Yeah. Yeah. My notes start getting. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, Victoria did get her widow's peak in at the end yes. of this match. Then you had Ras, the Rascals versus Cage. Yeah. Um, there was this. I have this one note about Zachary once got smoked by a pair of double knees during this match. There was a, it was like a lot of like there was a lot of stiffness. Oh God! Did you, did you watching back? Did you see yes. a lot of that? Yes. Some of that stuff had they were not letting up on any of their shit. No. And they're like friends too. They laid it, <laughs> and that's probably why because they're friends. Yeah. They laid it in, and they just you know. Reflecting back on the show, if I was going to show somebody one match from the show, I think that's the match. I mean, Cage versus the yeah. Rascals. Yeah. Just the athleticism, the pace, the crazy innovative stuff. That was the match, like the first match, where people who aren't wrestling fans went, oh, this is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got Fight Forever, all these guys, this is awesome. Absolutely. Just, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, it just went <laughs> nuts. Jesus Christo. Jesus yeah. It, it, people went nuts for that match. And and watching it back, I saw bits and pieces of it live. Watching it back Saturday night, it was like, or Sunday morning, I think. It was like, oh my gosh, this was just. Mm-hmm. And, and Cage had told me from the time we laid it out, he said, it's going to be special. And he was right. And that was the one, you know, as we went back and forth on show pacing, that is the one thing that when the show was over and we kind of let the dust settle and talk Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, Eric and I went back and forth. We're like, should we have closed with Cage and the Rascals? And a few people have been like, you should have closed with Cage and the Rascals. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, SCUOV was the draw. This is our last use of SCU, obviously. You know, we thought, going in, we thought, all right, close with the biggest names and they're going to have a great match anyway. Mm-hmm. But the athleticism of Cage and the Rascals was just untouchable. Yeah, yeah. the action in the ring definitely was on them. Like, they, they took the night... Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the the antics of SCU and the entrance and yeah. OVE doing their thing like like they also brought a different type of reaction from the crowd. Yeah. So they both got I think equally you know the reaction, but you just can't you know the rascals and and then Cage you know doing his dive off of, you know is yeah. like you just can't get a higher pop like when you think about the the, the, mm-hmm. the second act of that show was 
L.A. Park and Adonis, which you guys missed, but it was just ridiculous and amazing for all of its own reasons. Mm-hmm. Jordan and Victoria, which is a really solid, hard-hitting women's match. Cage and the Rascals and the SUOVE. Like, I will put those last four matches against any That's last four matches. That's a show on its own. Yeah. Anywhere. I watch those four matches. <laughs> anywhere. Cool with it, yeah. Anywhere. I mean, we're really happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Cage and the Rascals, which sounds like uh, a, a band you'd hear in, like, Q101 or Correct. something like that. Um, and the Sammy DJZ match. Those were, like, your true, true indie matches. So yes. if you like that type of... Yep. That'd mm-hmm. be something that'd be, like, at a PWG, right? Yep. Kind of the same feel. I think Cage and the Rascals was PWG. And so, same with Cam- Sammy DJZ. I think that was PWG quality. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was BOLA quality action. And, and, and if anybody out there is listening and hasn't seen it, check it out at High Spots. I'm not just trying to sell you the product. But if you like... Wrestling. Right. I mean, that cage and the rascals can't be beat. That mm-hmm. pays for itself. Yep. Uh, yeah, so the mat, then the night closed out with SCU versus OVE, and I yep. literally have no notes on it. So um, I wanted the, I wanted Scorpio Sky to shit on us, and he did it. He did, he did he shit on Ohio. I know, which is cool, too. But I, I was kind of hoping, for, I was just kind of hoping for the standard worst town. Yeah. Even though, like, Chicago, I, I'm dubbing our, I'm biased. We're all biased. But we had all in, so every other city can go, yeah, mm-hmm. can go, you know, do whatever they want with themselves. But like, <laughs> we had all in. I consider us the best wrestling city in the United States, easily. Um, and but I was, but I still wanted to get pooped on by Scorpio Sky and didn't. Well, have yeah, that. and I wasn't I was going in. I was like, is he going to say Chicago? Is he going to go very specific and say Chicago oh, Heights? Yeah, yeah. And then um, it's when Scorpio goes, you know, Ohio is the worst town I've ever been in. And the guy in the crowd yells. You've apparently never been to Gary, Indiana. <laughs> That's right. And it got a pop in the arena, and Rich Bokini and Nick Houseman lost it on the Lost it. And Houseman's like, oh, you know, talking about the great city of Gary, Indiana, an industrial stalwart of America. <laughs> uh, but they lost it. It was great. Uh, it was great. Yeah, I don't have a ton on this match. Um, both sides did their stuff. Strong. Yeah. They did their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was it was entertaining. I I mean, obviously, I never take notes. That's Charlie's yeah. thing. But from what we, I remember, we, we compliment oh, each other. <laughs> I was I was thoroughly entertained. Like 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 I said, um, yeah, we could have flipped the the main event here, but I yeah. think it was fine. The crowd left happy. We had a great show. Yeah. yeah. Um. So and you know, like I said, La Park at the end taking care of his line. Victoria and Cage also having their merch table. Um, you know, I think the, 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 the crowd was happy, man. Kylie's line was again one Kaylee's of the line for, yeah. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Just from like as we're leaving intermission, she's like still fielding people yeah. in the line. I mean, that's you know, that's just from our, that's one perspective, but again, huge line for Kylie Ray. Her pop when the Pokemon song hit was possibly the biggest pop of the night. Mm-hmm. I mean, people went nuts. And it's a combination of yeah, there's a, there's a so we, we have all the guys in the backstage and I have these long discussions about who our audience is and what they want and what sells for our audience, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But our audience is not a – so there's 800-ish people there. We're still counting all the cash boxes, right? So there, let's say there's 800, 825 people there. That's not 825 freelance fans or AAW fans. Right. I'd say the AAW freelance indie city crowd – is maybe 250 of our people, if that. Okay. The rest, I think, is a lot of casual fans, people who like WWE and heard there's a wrestling show at the high school, people who have kind of grown into being fans of our product, which is kind of weird. But all of them, whether you're a hardcore indie person or you don't know any of these people and you just showed up last show, Mm -hmm. everyone loves Kylie Ray. Yeah. And I think, you know, her first show with us was three because she was hurt for two. So she wrestled last show against Jordan and lost in an incredible match. And now she's back and gets the biggest entrance pop of the night she is special we, you know, we've all known that since the first time we ever saw her she is special and mm-hmm. it's just really cool to see great things happen for great people yeah and then yeah her and Britt to tie in what happened earlier Havoc made a run in during the SCU OVE match yep her and because the ref was down her and Britt came in with AEW shirts yep now that's it's right a- <coughs> bless you now it's Team AEW because you have SCU plus Britt and Kylie yep. uh, versus OVE, basically. So that was kind of cool. Now they're on a team, and they join forces, and yeah. it was kind of cool to see that. Yeah, that was the, the goal of the night. OVE are the bad guys, AEW are the good guys, and they run them off. And, mm-hmm. so. yeah, and I think SCU ended up getting the victory. So, yep. um, yeah, I think the Fan Fest was a success for us because I look over at like, the prizes we gave away, and the, all of those names except for one are people that like we just met there. 
That's awesome. So I they like little by little also like introducing people to new wrestling and then someone's getting free Warf Wrestling Five tickets. That's now. awesome. Yeah. So can we just run real quick through sure. what's coming up on Warrior Wrestling Five? You got it. So um We've got Brian Cage versus Wardlow, as we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. a huge challenge for Brian Cage, literally and figuratively. Aries versus Edwards in a steel cage. That's the cage one, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they had the street fight, and Eddie prevailed. Aries said, there's no way you beat me in a pure wrestling match. And they had a pure wrestling match and cheated to win. They got into a brawl. They brawled with OVE. There's only one way to settle this is you put him in a cage. And yep. so that is going to be our first ever gimmick match. And uh, it'll be a steel cage match between Aries and Edwards, who are two of the best guys in the world, and it's just, it's going to be awesome. So Cage Wardlow, Aries and Edwards in steel cage. Warrior Wrestling inaugural women's championship. Special guest referee Molly Holly. Jordan Grace versus Tessa Blanchard. Uh, which, again, we talked earlier about kind of building things over the course of the year. Jordan and Tessa fought at Warrior Two. Black Lakeable champion, Impact champion. Uh, Tessa couldn't put her away, freaked out, beat the snot out of the ref, and they brawled and brawled, and people chanted, left them, them fight. They got pulled apart, taken to the back. Warrior three, Tessa beat Britt and was just beating the snot out of her. War- uh, Jordan came out to make the save. I was out there and said, you guys got to knock it off. Next person to do something gets suspended. Tessa dropped Jordan with a belt shot and then did one of my favorite heel things I've ever seen. She laid Jordan's belt out, wiped her feet on Jordan's belt, walked out of the ring and then shoved me in the aisle, which was also not something we talked about ahead of time. <laughs> um, and then walked off and so she was suspended for four. So the winner of Jordan Victoria is going to face the winner of Kylie Britt. Kylie Britt doesn't have a winner because Jessica Havoc intervened. So now Jordan's going to face somebody at five. Who's it going to be? Guess who's back? Tessa, Tessa Blanchard. Blanchard. So again, if you've been watching Warrior shows for the last four, this has been coming since September. And now we finally are going to get a winner and it's going to be for the title. So that we're really excited about because we believe so deeply in both of those women and we believe so deeply in the story that we've told. So we think that is going to be awesome. The belt looks great. I was going to yeah, say Yeah, the belt. The belt oh looks awesome. God, yes. So it's basically silver and black. And the, the Warrior Men's one is gold and gold black. Gold and black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We toyed with some other color combinations. We toyed about doing like black metal on a gold belt. But black metal is crazy expensive to do for real and looks terrible if you try to not do it for real. So. And then uh, I would think for pictures also, like it, it reflects off real. It doesn't look yeah. right. Yeah. So... Um, so we did silver and black, and um, so those yeah those three matches. The fourth match is Pillman versus Ego, hair versus clown match. So if Ego yep. wins, they will cut Pillman's mullet off in the center of the ring. If excuse me, Pillman wins, he gets five minutes alone with Frank the Clown. Power bombs. Power bombs for five <laughs> straight minutes, over and over and over again. If you're listening, Brian, game plan. Uh, match five is the first ever one-on-one. Sam Adonis, Pat Monix. Cool. Project Monix. Yeah. Sixth match is the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Phoenix, versus Daga and Volador Jr., which we're really excited about Volador. Uh, the Lucha Brothers got another huge pop when we announced them. Seventh match, currently Ace Austin versus Cotto Brazil. That might expand a little bit. There are some talks about some other things with that match potentially. Eighth match, as I announced earlier, Space Pirates versus the Ugly Ducklings. And we are not doing more than eight. At least that's what I'm saying now. We'll see what happens <laughs> when people talk to me in a week. But um, this is one of the, the ongoing... Uh, jokes between myself and Brian Cage and myself and Austin Aries. Like, you guys, oh, you booked way too many matches. Like, I know. And then they all somehow work and they're like, never mind, it worked. I'm like, oh, sorry. Um, and this is May 12th and it's, Sunday, uh, May 12th. it's an early show, it's right? It's matinee. It's Mother's Day. It's a Mother's Day matinee. So if you want to take mom out for brunch, you can do so beforehand. If you want to take mom out for dinner, you can do so after. But or you could just bring her to the or show. Or bring mom to the show. Yep. Well, we've got, we've got a lot of moms coming because we've already sold $6,000 in tickets in a day and a half. So we're doing pretty darn well. Awesome. Um, so awesome. thumbs up to all you guys for, for jumping on and wanting to come in. Um, so yeah, bring your mom. Um, it's a packed weekend. AAW is the night before. Uh, Ring of Honor is the night of. So the Ring of Honor is May 12th at night. That's why we didn't run a night show. Um, and so that way if people want to go to Ring of Honor, our show will end in time that you can get up to Villa Park for Ring of Honor. Cool. So our show will end about 5, 5.15. Bell time at Ring of Honor is 7.30. So okay. you got two hours and 15 minutes to make a 45-minute drive, get something to eat, and go check out Ring of Honor. So if you're if you're between the two, you can do both. Or you can do all three. You can do AAW the night before. Um, no. Uh, yeah. I think the, the coolest <laughs> thing about what you said is um, now the women's match, I think, is more unpredictable for all this, this, the smarky smarks out there. Yeah. Because um, you had, in the way that it was built initially, you had one legend, 
two people going to AEW and one person who was likely to win. Yes. Now I think with Jordan and Tessa, you don't know. So I think that was like the coolest twist you did because now it's like all you know kind of shuts it's up, up there, the sparks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's you know that match. Some people thought that match was better than the War of Attrition at Warrior Two. And that match, they had a ten minute tight beat the snot out yeah. of each other match. Mm-hmm. And I, there were several people who was like, the War of Attrition gimmick is cool, but like Tessa and Jordan was the best match. And I don't disagree. I mean, I think that the two of those matches were incredible. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to give you the rematch of the match we never got a finish of that is going to be freaking awesome. Like, if you guys saw the, the Tessa 45 or the 75 minute match, or just any of the stuff she did with Mercedes Martinez and Rise, I mean, Tessa can put on incredible matches, and everybody's seen what Jordan can do it all in and what Jordan's done so far. I mean, again, Jordan's facing different opponents, right? So she faced Tessa at two. Um, she faced Kylie at three. She faced Lisa Marie Varon at four. We're showing you all different things yep. that Jordan can do. Yeah. And so, and we believe the, the, the people that are the core group of our cards, we believe in very seriously as performers and as people. It's not an accident, you know, that, that they're the same people are really focused on and really kind of the center of everything because, you know, we think they're the bee's knees and we think they're really, really good. And, you know, we were talking earlier about Ego Robert Anthony. This guy's awesome. You know, Pillman's awesome. Uh, Adonis is awesome, and a lot of people are like, oh, he's just the Trump guy, right? Like, yeah, that, that was his gimmick in Mexico. But if you actually watched CMLL and watched him work, watched him cut promos, watched him work in the ring, like this guy is the prototype heel. Yep. And now, hopefully, people kind of see that because he did the Trumpish, you know, anti-Mexican thing in his first match with us, but that hasn't been his shtick the last four. Right. right. It's true. So. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's no coincidence that the people who've shown a lot of versatility and the people that you're relying on are just really, really entertaining performers and popular performers. It's because they have those traits. And I think another thing, too, like uh, a lot of people probably wouldn't put Robert Anthony in a main feud, and you did because you know what's there. And it's not like he... So some people could seem like they took a risk, but really he's just a, a veteran, true and true. And he's coming through as well with a really good storyline. So yeah, we talked earlier really off cool. off air about you know the brands of various indie wrestling promotions and what yeah. their, their style, their brand is. I think you know, and, and this happens subconsciously. I don't think well, we never laid this out. This isn't a goal. We never wrote it down. But uh, the, the brain trust creatively of, of Warriors, myself and my buddy Eric Hamilton, and we've got other people that do a lot of other stuff too, video production, logistics, etc. Yeah, uh, and we kick up match ideas around with other people. But really, the brain trust of it is, is Eric and I, and it's and we didn't do this, but I think subconsciously it comes through that the performers that we push and build are what we want to see in performers. They're very well-rounded, charismatic entertainers who are awesome athletes and can go. that, That is kind of our mold. And so without even knowing that about each of them individually, like we didn't set out to like pick people in that mold, but it just so happens that the people that we brought in and pushed fit that mold. Like those are the people that are going to be featured because that's the kind of performance we want to do and we want to put on. Yeah. It, yeah, it definitely reflects. So, so. cool, cool. I'm well, I hope we didn't bore you too much. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You guys gave me Modelo's and a beautiful view of the city, and I got to be in person now. And hopefully, I am now leading Trent in appearances. He didn't I don't think he was there Friday night. He wasn't there Friday. Not there Friday. Trent, what are you doing? <laughs> I missed you. I'll have to go back and I'll, we'll we'll go. We'll talk. We'll probably do the tally and uh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, there I was a tally, but I, I got to refresh mm-hmm. it a little bit. So I think you yeah. might be. But yeah, again, you know, thanks for the opportunity. It's always yeah. been great. We have a blast. We had a lot of giveaways uh, in the Instagram. So if you haven't checked that, that out, check the Instagram videos. Yeah, Warrior Wrestling kicked ass again. Thank mm-hmm. you, guys. And everybody listening, hope to see you at Warrior 5 Mother's Day. Again, take mom out to brunch, then take her to a wrestling show. Uh, a couple more wrinkles to come in the coming weeks, but generally we think this card is going to be... Again, our goal with our card is always to have a variety of things, right? So we've got a crazy Lucha match, Lucha Brothers versus Daga and Volador. We've got a crazy gimmick Cage match, end of the feud. We've got a great gimmick in Ego versus Pillman. We've got another great challenge for Cage, an incredible women's match. Uh, a, a barn burner coming in Ace Austin and Coto Brazil, a super fun, goofy tag match. As you guys always talk about, wrestling is a buffet, and mm-hmm. our goal is every show to provide different buffet options. And so if, if there's not something, if, if there's nothing that you like on our show, either A, we prepared a terrible buffet, mm-hmm. or B, you don't like wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> probably B. Yeah. Uh, great. All right. So I think this wraps it up. Again, mm-hmm. thanks, Steve, for coming out on yes, a late thank night. You. 
make sure you follow Warrior Wrestling. We'll post all their handles and all the, the links under the description. You can follow Two Heels and a Face on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Two Heels and a Face. That's number two, Heels and a Face. You can check out our website at twoheelsandaface.com. And then you can listen <laughs> to all previous podcasts on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Yeah. And, and hashtag uh, BWGPA, hashtag Spotify. Push. Uh, no, Spotify, no, next week. Next week? Next, next week. week. Right. Hashtag push Paco. Damn it. Why is Paco losing? We need to push Paco today. Push uh, Paco. Beat up GPA. Beat up GPA. That's for sure. And wrestling super fan. Yeah. Whoop. So we have, on the hard cam side, we had like five feet of clearance for dives, and then we had the aisleway for dives. I did notice that. La Parca mm-hmm. sets up Sam on the other side, uh-huh. where there's like three feet, and somebody's cell phone captured this, and they tweeted it. Like, he sets Sam up, he rolls back in the ring, and Sam goes, oh, shit. Yeah, you hear the oh, shit, right? Yes, and he turns to the people in the front row, he's like, I'm sorry. And then instead of catching La Parca both hands, Sam keeps an arm on the guardrail to try to steady himself. But park just like a barrel. Yeah, like just comes rolling over. Hits Sam. They both hit the guardrail so hard, the whole row of guardrail goes back where it's perpendicularly this way and it's zip tied. They pop up perpendicular and like all the zip ties pop in the air and the guardrails on the corner shoot up like at an angle. And the guardrail like lands in the laps of everybody in the front row. Wow, it was shit. just I thought it was uh because I did I saw the clip and I think it was uh, the unicorns who who got it. Did they get a good shot of it? Okay. Yeah, and, and I hear the oh shit, and I'm like, Martin usually keeps quiet on his videos because he doesn't <laughs> want any other yeah. audio. So yeah, I didn't know where the oh shit came from, but when I heard That's it, funny. I laughed. Yeah. Somebody tweets a picture from from the right angle of Sam. He just goes, oh shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs>